Okay, let's start, bro. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yep. What up, what up? What's good? Back at it again with another episode of the We Could Be Wrong podcast. This is episode 37. Yeah, episode 37. I know it's hard to believe, but we're trying to be consistent like we said last time, and we're trying to get the most out of this podcast, and we're trying to hit the most and best topics that we possibly can um, with the action that we get every week and every weekend, and we ball it up into one, and that's what becomes this podcast, so... A lot of good things and a lot of bad things. One of the worst things that I really saw this weekend was, at least I speak for me personally, and a lot for the, a lot of those who watch college football that watch the Longhorns, unfortunately, lose. Like, literally, we had it in our hands, bro. Like, what have I been saying? I was like, this year is Sam Ellinger's year. He's a senior. He will want to make the best out of his final year in the burnt orange and white and try to go all out and win something that the Texas Longhorns have had for some reason a big struggle trying to accomplish and that is to win the Big 12 championship. For some reason, we start off good and we fall off at the end or we fall off at, or we start very bad. We get some sort of hope in mid-season and then just come up a little bit short. In this case, it was the fact that we were actually starting pretty good, even though the fact that we lost to Oklahoma in the Red River, which brought our ranking down. But then we hit them with uh, an upset win against Oklahoma State, and that just shot us up to 17. I mean, from 22 to 17, it's not you wouldn't think there's a big jump, but it is. It honestly is. And with the fact that you have your destiny, um, we already had two two losses leading up to the to that game we had lost to tcu and we lost to which one hurt the most this one okay to me why because yeah oklahoma may lose uh we may lose to but oklahoma. They're a good team it is a good team that's what i'm saying i don't and they uh, be having a good year but oklahoma's always good you're talking about oklahoma that goes to the college football playoff almost every year or every other year Maybe they don't win and they don't do anything, but the fact to get in there, to get that sort of attention to the program and be recognized as one of those top four schools, and it means a lot. And so when you face them in that kind of scenario, one is a rivalry game. Two, it's one of those classic games like um, Cowboys versus, who can you say, anybody in their division. Uh, a Thanksgiving game, uh, Real Madrid Barcelona, um, who uh, I guess Lakers Celtics now recent or back then when it was uh, Golden State Warriors versus Cleveland, it was one of those games that you always have to see. It's always competitive. It's always good, no matter what the record may show. When it comes down to that game, it's always competitive. So you can win, you can lose, and so with when we lost that game, so I started you know do, doing the math. And I'm looking and I'm I'm believing, okay, we can still do it. You know, we just got to win. Our biggest test from here would be Oklahoma State. And me personally, honestly, watching Oklahoma State, I kind of felt, I don't know what it was. I just felt like we could beat them. And at the time, they were undefeated. And that boosts your, your, uh, your chances of getting into, I, would, I think, uh, 
the college football playoff was already a reach. You couldn't you couldn't uh, get that with the losses you had already had. Losing to Oklahoma and losing to TCU, you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to uh, get there, accomplish that goal, which is the college football playoff. So the next best thing for me was okay, let's get the Big Twelve championship, and then you beat Oklahoma State. So I'm just like, okay, we're up there, we're getting up there. Now from then to Iowa State, I'm like, okay, Iowa State is doing pretty good. You know, they're they're really good. Beating Iowa State, not only does it boost your ranking high, it boosts definitely your ranking. You're most likely going to end up in the Big 12 Championship. You just got to win out after the Iowa State. We lead the whole game, bro. The whole game. We're leading. And at the very end, we lose. Uh-huh. We lose by three. And it's just like. You're literally there, and you don't get it. For some reason, I felt like they were playing so conservative. They were playing not to lose instead of playing to win, and there's a difference in that. When you play not to lose, you're you're pretty much just uh, settling for what it is. At the time, especially when you're leading. When you're leading, you're just trying to hold on. If you can score, you'll score, but it's not like a sense of urgency when you when you're coming from behind. And for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, but uh, shockingly, our defense was playing pretty good. Making stops, getting turnovers. They were doing everything. They really were doing everything. It was just our offense that was not clicking. And with the fact that, they're, you know, I mean, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but. Didn't, didn't he go down this this season? Sam? Mm-hmm. Go down as far as what? Didn't he miss a couple games for injury or no, no, no. COVID? He, no. No. Oh, okay. The only thing that we we got canceled for COVID was uh Kansas the Kansas game last week. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but that was because of them, not because of us. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but you know, um, there's been rumors about our head coach Tom Herman getting replaced from uh, by Urban Meyer, which is crazy, right? Urban Meyer is a very accomplished college coach from Coach Florida, coached Ohio State. And then he retired, and there was also big rumors about him being the Dallas Cowboys head coach uh, before they got uh, Mike McCarthy. But with that kind of weight, you would think you would have some sense sense of urgency to come out and and just try to get impre- your best season out. Yeah, or impress. You know, like you know, you try. You have these rumors of me getting replaced because I'm not technically not winning. But I'm on the verge of getting into the Big 12 championship and you lose. I mean, I get that you lose because Iowa State has been, had been playing. They beat OU, you know. They lost to Oklahoma State. So it's kind of like cancels out. We beat Oklahoma State, but we lost to OU. They beat OU, but they lost to Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we're coming in even. At, when Going into the game, we were favored by one and a half point. It wasn't really that much. And... It just hurts, bro. It just really hurts the fact that you're there. Like, you see the finish line right there, and you just can't get it. Even though it came down to a final a final field goal from the half point, from the 50-yard line. It was like a 53-yard field goal. And I don't know about you, but if I'm the Dallas Cowboys and I'm seeing this game, uh, what do they call them? The, uh, the scouts. Yeah. The scout team. And you looking at Cameron Dicker, the the kicker for Texas Longhorns, bro? That dude is just, he is for real. 
that dude he he can he can do it he for sure if he gets drafted he he's a good kicker to get and you know we're, we're in the need of a good kicker he hits it but it was too far left like he got the distance it's already hard enough to hit a 50 yard field goal and it was had some distance to it like it, it didn't just barely cross the field goal it actually had some decent distance where if it was like a 55 or 57, he probably would have still got it if it would have been accurate. But he didn't get it in there. It was wide left and we lose by three. So that's kind of the, the ultimate gut punch that we have for the season. Now we're no chance of getting into the Big 12. I think it's a big ask if you think West Virginia is going to beat Iowa State. And OU is playing. Um, OU, I forgot who OU is playing. Uh, if you don't mind checking that out for me, player. Um, Who's OU playing this weekend? The, I think we only have. Well, we have two more games. They OU also has two more games because their game got canceled this past week, so they didn't get to play. They were supposed to play, um, is it, can't, not Kansas State, oh man, I, I went blank on that one to see who they were going to play, but, right. um, anyways, um, so we both got two games, the only thing we have now for the Longhorns is, uh, a bowl game, hopefully we're able to get a, a bowl game, um, because last year we didn't even end up. We didn't end up in the Big 12 Championship, but we still got a bowl game. We ended up playing Utah, which was one of the teams that was considered to get into the college football playoff. But they didn't make it, and we ended up winning that game in great fashion. You know, uh, sometimes it takes, unfortunately, it takes that. Oh, you're playing Baylor? Is that who it is? Yeah, 7 p.m. So they'll play Baylor, and I'm uh, Baylor's not, not good like they were last year ever since they lost... Uh, Matt Rule to the to the Panthers, so they're rebuilding. So is a lot of teams in the Big Twelve. Um, but now that's I guess that's all we're looking for. I just want a good game, like a good send off. Now that Sam didn't get what he ultimately wanted, which which was win. First of all, his last game in DKR and win the Big Twelve championship. And of course, he wanted to win the Red River. He wanted to go undefeated, but. Um, it was unfortunate the way it happened and now we're just left with hopefully winning out and getting a good bowl game a competitive bowl game at that just just to get the perfect write-off but overall I'm disappointed uh, Tom Herman is if he thought he was on the hot seat back then he's definitely on the hot seat now like you I wouldn't be surprised if he gets released or gets let go of his duties come the end of the season and if it is true that we're trying to get urban meyer bro you about to see some big changes in texas so if if we do i'm happy because i believe and i trust in urban meyer and i hope he he does decide to come to 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 the longhorns that would be amazing honestly because in the, I can't remember how many years Tom Herman has been with us. I want to say like five seasons. And we've only been to the Big 12 Championship once. And we lost. So it's like, that's not good enough. Uh-huh. That's not what they brought you here for. They brought you here to win championships and compete. And try and get us into the college football Especially playoff. with all the talent they get. 
uh, I think it's a lot. It's pretty overshadowed, especially in the state of Texas, that a lot of people want to play in the SEC, and Texas A&M is over there. So the recruiting is kind of hard to get, especially NFL type talent. Uh, when people argue that the best NFL talent goes to the SEC instead of the Big Twelve, and in the Big Twelve you got Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a big. So you know you get a lot of competition when it comes to recruiting hmm. but urban meyer is one of the best recruiters in the game and they know that he knows how to win hmm. and he can convince you a coach can convince a player to come to a certain program that people may not believe is the best decision for him and it may play out to be the best decision for him so that's what i mean when i when i say if urban meyer decides to come to texas there's going to be big changes and i'm all for it because i think texas is well overdue of a one a Big Twelve championship and top, time to get up there in the top at least top four top ten. We've been to top ten in the past three seasons. I think we've been thirteenth at, at best. So it's time for a change, and I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season, like I said, Tom Herman gets let go. You want to talk about your boys? Because I know I've seen a game on Thanksgiving. Boy, I'll take it back. They you will not, said they will not go eight and eight. You said they were going to go eight and eight. You know what? I did not know that Zach Martin was out again. Well, he got hurt that game. Yeah, yeah. Well, did he get hurt with the Vikings or did he get hurt uh, with Washington? With the Vikings, no? Oh, good question. I think he went out with the Vikings. No, I think he went out with Washington. For real? To be honest, I'm not sure. I'm, I'll, I'll be lying. I'm not sure, but they played horrible from the beginning on Thanksgiving. But when he left, it started going bad for him. Yeah. You could tell right away the importance of him playing, especially because he's playing right tackle. That's where Lyle Collins is played. He, you know, Zach Martin usually plays right guard. Yeah. But since Lyle Collins is out, they moved him to right tackle, and he does amazing there. He's honestly one of the best. Uh, offensive lineman I've seen or you can argue he's one of the best offensive linemen in football you can tell you saw the importance of his absence right there you can saw the the difference in in quality when he was gone you don't have a quarterback if you don't have an offensive line no unless you're absolutely one of those guys that is a generational talent especially if you're working with a pocket quarterback that Wants to sit there for a few seconds, look at his options, and hasn't really been practicing with the team as much. Coming back from a concussion, uh, COVID. COVID. So, it was, I mean, the Vikings was a great game. The run game was there. The receivers was there. You know, they they, they played their ass off to make uh, any throw that Andy Dalton could get out. You know, he yeah. Zach Martin went out in the Washington game. They made plays. Yeah, it was in the Washington game. Um, in the Washington game, it was it was horrible. And what's crazy is that look at the difference in talent. You know, when it comes to the Vikings and and to Washington, the fact that you lose to uh, Alex led Washington football team shows you. The inconsistency of the Cowboys, like the talk in at the job, right, was it was very hyped at the fact that Cowboys got their first one. And the way they did it, you know, 
uh, a Vikings team that's pretty, pretty uh, a contender. You can argue they have one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best prospects in a receiver in Justin Jefferson. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. Kevin Rudolph. Th- those are some 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 talent. That's talent that they have. In, uh, offensive weapons, at, at least. To, to put it into better context. And then you go, you play Washington in a rivalry game, you can call it, and here in Dallas, obviously, Thanksgiving game. It started going, it started pretty good. You know, we go up 10, 10 to nothing. Yeah. Really quick in the first quarter. And we hardly score anything in the second quarter. No, well, even the first quarter was 3 to 7. The end of the first quarter? Yeah. Three second seven. quarter was 10-10. I think it was going into well, the second one is when we were 10-7. I Are believe. you sure? Yeah, Because I know we, I know uh, there was a touchdown in the first quarter, and then I think there was a field goal. Are you sure it wasn't? No, nah, it was just a field goal. Well, the stats that I have right here, first quarter was just 3-7. Okay. Second quarter were 10 It was what well, we scored. It was 13-17 at the end of that one. At the end of the second? Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, and then they just killed us in the fourth quarter. It it just it was just bad. Yeah, bad defensive play. It was just, and then for, fourth quarter. I mean fourth quarter. Excuse me. Fourth down decision making, especially when it came to special teams. The fact I see, I get it. A lot of people may not agree that in fourth down to go and and try to go for it, especially when the special teams is out there and they they try to do some trick play. I like that because the reason why I like it is because aggressiveness. Sometimes you could be too aggressive, but sometimes you can also be not aggressive enough. Conservative. And the fact that they're much more aggressive, willing to, to risk, to take chances and, and getting another chance or another crack at a, a, a series shows you what kind of you know, momentum they're trying to build, they're trying to momentum they're trying to feed off of. But when it doesn't come out, obviously you got to face the consequences of your decisions, right? Every decision has consequences. And, and, and you saw those consequences, giving up short fields, um, not being successful, not being able to pull it off. So, yeah, you, you face the consequences of not, uh, not executing the play, but the fact that you... Are trying something new, you know. I felt like with Jason Gary, we were just stagnant. Like we weren't trying to win, even though at the same time, sometimes it can feel that way with the Cowboys because we're we're terrible. But aggressiveness can sometimes be there. I'll tell you this: the bomb to Amari Cooper from Andy Dalton, bro. That was a fucking bomb. That was a bomb for sure. I was just like, God damn. Talking about Red uh, TCU's finest. It looking like uh, TCU Andy Dalton out there, not Cincinnati Bengals Andy Dalton. You can say it was TCU Andy Dalton in the beginning, and then it ended up being Cincinnati Andy Dalton towards the end. No, after but you that, can't be mad at Andy. No, yeah, you cannot be mad at him. He's trying his ass off. He's trying to make something happen out there with the lack of offensive line helping with the lack of his offensive line. Yeah. Helping them out at least, and now you get another loss, which technically is another win for us, 
because we're trying to get a high draft pick. Well, uh, we are heading we're on in pace. that direction. And right now, that the fact that the games are being canceled and rescheduled, we play the Baltimore Ravens next Tuesday, I believe, on the 8th of December. Yeah, he went out on Thursday. And now they're talking about he may to, be back. to make sure I said that. The who, who might be back? Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, he might be back today? Well, he might be back for that game. Oh, he he will be back for for uh, the Cowboys game on Tuesday. We were supposed to play without him. We were supposed to play the game. Uh, to be honest, at this point, it doesn't matter who we play. I tweeted that out, and if you follow the We Could Be Wrong podcast uh, Twitter account, I did tweet that at this point, it doesn't even matter that he had... Well, it matters that he has COVID. I mean, we wish him all the best, but the fact that he was out and the way the Cowboys were playing... RG3 might have the best game of his life. Not only that, bro. Against the Cowboys. But I'll tell you what. There's somebody out there that's going to listen to this, and she knows who, who she is. There's a guy that the Baltimore Ravens drafted. Trace McSorley mm-hmm. from Penn State. You talk about being drafted right. The draft is already uh, uh, full of anxiety um, in and of itself. The fact that you wait so long to get drafted, right? But then you end up getting drafted to a team that has a remarkable quarterback. So it's kind of like bittersweet. Yes, you got drafted. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to play. Because if you get drafted in like the fifth round to the Chiefs, and okay, yeah, I got drafted, but I got drafted to the Chiefs. You think I'm going to play over Patrick Mahomes? No. So you're pretty much just being a role player at that point. This is the best situation that could have happened for him Let if there were to be a game. Mm-hmm. If there was games, this is the time for him to have played. You know, A lot of people don't know him because he hasn't really played like that for the, for the Ravens because you have RG3. But a guy like him that played in Penn State could finally get some playing time in the NFL. Didn't happen. That would have been the perfect time for him to play. And that would have been able to at least uh, show his skill set out there on the field, you know, in a real football game against a terrible Cowboys team. Uh-huh. And But unfortunately, he's not. It, like we said, if it looks like uh, Lamar Jackson will be back playing and giving us another L. Without, I mean, they didn't just lose uh, Zach Martin. They lost another. Yeah, they lost another offensive lineman. Yeah, so. Yeah. It's, we're pretty much and they're missing, crippled, and they're missing weeks. Yeah, like there's weeks. Now, they're probably they're gonna, they're probably going to be out for the rest of the season. So we're probably not winning any more games. I mean, that's the best case scenario, don't you think? Like I said, there's no there's at this point rest Zeke, rest your receivers. You know, if anything, just play the the rookies. Yeah, but it's kind of like saying we give up. And, and but there's no you cannot tell a team we're giving up. No, I mean you can't do that. At least take it like uh, training camp. You know, rotate your players more than you know. Do not overwork the players that you have. I mean, I get that. I get when that. if you're running crippled, you're not gonna make it that far. I mean, I get. And what you you, mean. you're gonna injure more other players that you don't have to. Yeah, but it's still some sort of quitting. You yeah, know, yeah. It, the it's, play, it's, your players will know that because it, you don't. You're not gonna bench Zeke. You're not gonna bench Amari. You're not gonna bench CD Lamb 
uh, on a game and thinking, oh, we're just rotating players. Like, no, bro, you're not trying to win. Like, that's one of the worst things you can show your players. You trying not to win. I mean, I, I, they know the bigger picture. They know what you're trying to do. But that's kind of like a slap. No, no, no. But I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying try to take a fall. You know, like, play competitively. But, you know, give other guys a chance that are there. You know, like, don't overwork the players that you have if you know that you're pretty much not going to get far. I did tweet this out, though. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I tweeted it out. There is light at the end of the tunnel for this season, and that is the NFL draft. The NFL mm-hmm. draft, yeah, we're bad. That's right too now. far. We're that's, terrible. That's too far from this season to me. Okay, so what? What? What is in your near future? Losses, because that's what you're gonna get. That's all you're getting. Yeah, nothing but hot L's. All you're gonna get. What's better, focusing on the future and what you're gonna do to fix this, or just be waiting on the next game and see how how much more can you get your ass kicked. I mean, at this point, that's all you're doing. Yeah. You're not gonna, there's nothing but, good coming out of this season. I just think they should, I guess, try some of the people that they have on training squad or whatever. Yeah, yeah uh, that is true. I do I do believe that you can see see uh, your other That way talent. you can see the, the potential in other players. That's so if some of them haven't been producing, then, you know. Give them a chance. Uh, yeah, you could do that. But... Uh, the, like I said, there will there will be some light at the end of the tunnel, and that is the NFL draft. We will most likely be getting a high draft pick, maybe top five. Nine times out of ten, the whole NFC East will probably be drafting top five because that's how terrible we are. And well. unfortunately, it's bad, bro. It's that bad. Look at our record. Look how bad it is. Look at all our games. Look how bad it is. And you could still win the NFC. What, what would you what would you suggest would be the first round pick for the Cowboys? Well, um, as far as position player, mm-hmm. oh, man, first round, um, I would say a left tackle. I mean, that's not the sexy pick, but that's like one of your most needed position. Yeah. You need a left tackle. Everybody wants to see, like last year, CeeDee Lamb, boom, yeah. first one. And now everybody's happy. Yeah. But you're not going to get that. And later We don't on, need that. Later we on, yeah. We don't need that right now. Later on, you'll see the benefits of getting somebody like whoever that guy yeah. would be on in, in the left tackle position. But later on, like what I'm saying, I think you should just trade the first round pick and get multiple picks. That's the honestly best way to go about it. Draft multiple times, not just once mm-hmm. in a high pick. But we'll see. They play the Baltimore Ravens again on Tuesday. I mean, not again. They'll finally get to play the Baltimore Ravens on Tuesday of next week, December eighth. Do you feel like? But do you feel like our defense started picking up their slack? Uh, somewhat. I I saw it in the in the Washington game for sure, one hundred percent. It's like they were just hungry, and they were tired of being in the media, being called some of the worst team. One of the talking about the Washington NFL. or the Viking game, Vikings game? The Viking because okay. the Viking game they won. Yeah, yeah. That was the best time. The best way. The, let me let me phrase this correctly. The best defense I've ever seen the Cowboys play this season. Mm-hmm. They were just tired of being pushed around. Yeah. In this game, they felt like they probably had a chance, and they just got handed their asses handed to them. 
it's like what they say, you're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. Um, you're not as bad as your worst loss, and you're not as good as your biggest win. So I think they just need to move forward and focus on finishing out the season and staying healthy for the most part. And trying out, I, I, I think they should just go like Trez McCarthy for the rest of the season. Okay. I know he has some crazy plays. That's the Cowboys, bro. You don't necessarily get the full trust ever. Hardly mm-hmm. ever. Okay. We want to... What can we bring up? Let me bring up some boxing real quick. You want to go into Spence and Garcia? I think we should start there. Spence Garcia... A long-awaited fight. We, we were supposed to get this fight in has January. It, has it been a year since... Uh, no, no. Since the, since the accident? Has it been? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's been almost a year. I want to say... Um, I can't think off the top of my head when it was, but I think he's already been a year inactive. And um, we were supposed to get this fight in, like I said, in January. But we, after the Sean Porter fight, you know, Danny Garcia mm-hmm. uh, called him out. He wanted a piece of the championship belt, and uh, he, Errol Spence Jr., got into a car accident and now pushed the fight a little bit more back, but we're finally here, and we finally get to see this fight. Honestly, I will not sleep on Danny Garcia. I was not the biggest Danny Garcia fan, right? Before his two losses, I wasn't a fan because I, I, like, I'm with that with everybody. You have to prove something. You don't have to prove it to me. Who the fuck am I? Right? I say that all the time. Don't prove it to me because I am. I'm nobody. But I'm I'm also somebody that will critique what I see. And Danny Garcia was being hyped as one of the biggest um, opponents, contenders, whatever you want to call it, in the welterweight division. And to me... It wasn't like that because you've not you haven't fought the biggest guys. But then he fought a Sean Porter, he fought a Keith Thurman. Then that's when I was like, okay, now you're taking the bigger fights. Now that's why he was labeled as a cherry picker. He was one of the first to be labeled as a cherry picker, and he fought those big names. But he kept falling short. He kept losing. He lost to Keith Thurman. He lost to Sean Porter. And I think that humbled him a little bit. Like oh, like I said earlier, you're not as good as your last win. But you're also not as bad as your last loss. So he took that in stride. And he started coming back with other fights. Yes, the level the level of competition wasn't as good. But that builds your confidence. You're ready to get back in there. And you can tell his confidence is at an all-time high when you're calling out, quote-unquote, the big fish of the division, which is Errol Spence Jr. Uh-huh. And the good thing is that he had already called him out before the accident. One thing is you calling him after the accident. Knowing he it's his first fight back, he may not be the same, but this this had already been brewing before this. So, one thing is a a, a fighter with something to prove, a chip on their shoulder, with two two losses on their record, especially to two of the biggest most the biggest names in the division. And now you going for a third guy in the division that's arguably better than both of those guys. You're 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 trying to prove something. You're trying to prove to people that you can hang, that you are who you're saying you are. Not what they're making you out to be, mm-hmm. but what you believe you are. That's something different. 
And Errol Spence, you know, you know what he is. Or at least what he was. I don't know what he is right now because, yeah, you can say, well, he looks sharp. You know, he's hitting that bag. It looked like ain't nothing wrong with him. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with him because that bag ain't punching back. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you can't see it till you're in the ring. Yeah. Just like that you see. Uh, we're not going to get into Mike Tyson and, and Jones Jr. Oh, okay. But this is a comment that we're going to say. Like, Everybody has a plan. To they had their training them. videos and oh. they look healthy. Uh-huh, okay. Go, coming up to the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you get in the ring and you see the fight, I mean, all you see is Mike Tyson ready to knock his, his head off, <laughs> and he was just clinching the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Because he knew once he felt that, once he felt that first hit connect, he was like, okay, uh, I'm not ready for this. You know, like, he wasn't ready. Yeah. Because even after the fight, he said, my face hurts, my ribs hurt, everything hurts. Yeah. Well, you're also... 50 plus years old yeah it's not you're not taking punishment like you used to you know yeah. you cannot take punishment and just hit the club right after not you getting in that ice bath you getting massages you doing all that so going back to the spence garcia fight uh spence uh spence is uh you don't know how how he's gonna be like i said you look good in training you look good in videos and and that's all good and all but what happens when you are actually fighting without headgear? Um, you're you're going multiple rounds. I know he's going multiple rounds, and I'm pretty sure he was sparring. But there's a lot to be proved, proven because this guy is coming to take your belts. You know, yeah. the the sparring partners are there just to help you, but this guy's over here trying to hurt you, trying to stop you. Yeah, and if he can, he's going to try to knock you out. He wants those belts. He wants your title. He wants your whole everything you got. He wants. Uh-huh. So and that's a dangerous man. And, and has uh, Danny Garcia been fighting a one forty seven? Yeah. A while? Okay. Yeah. So so he's comfortable in that weight. Yeah. 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 He, this is this is his like y'all are both in they're both in the same. Uh, they've been in the same weight. Class. In the same room. That what I'm trying to say. They've been in the same room. You know, like and two years apart is not that much. No, and it's not like Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia coming up from one thirty five, I think he had fought at one forty, and uh-huh. then he went to one forty seven. But the Errol Spence fight was his first fight at welterweight. Yeah. Danny Garcia has fought Sean Porter. He's fought Keith Thurman. He's fought other guys um, that not all of them. I think those are the two biggest names, in, in my opinion, in his resume. And they were close fights. And he was competitive. So if he can hang with them, he can give Errol Spence a fight. Because Errol yeah. Spence had trouble with with Sean Porter. Yeah. And... Uh, but I just want to see how healthy he looks out there because he may say, yeah, I'm fine. I feel great. I'm 100%. But I don't know how you feel on the inside. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can say you're fine all you want, but you, only you know what doesn't feel right, what doesn't feel like it used to, how I move. I used to move like this, but now I'm not like that. I can't I can't step like this. My My reactions are not like this. Whatever. There's a whole lot of things that you can ask yourself if they feel the same. But I commend Spence for taking a Garcia fight. Mm-hmm. And both men have been humbled. Garcia was humbled by the two losses he took. Spence was humbled by damn near losing his life. As bad as it sounds, it might have been the best thing that ever happened to him. Because he was, in my opinion, from what I saw from the outside looking in... He was getting a little out of control, in my opinion. He was partying a lot. He was 
getting very heavy in between fights where he had to lose drast- um, uh, a drastic amount of weight just to make the 147-pound limit. And and you're wasting your whole, not wasting it, but you're using majority of your camp just to drop weight. And now he looks much more determined. He looks ready to he looks ready to fight, ready to get out there, ready to prove who he is. He just has a different type of motivation. Of course, legacy has a lot to do with it, but it's just righting his wrongs, knowing he's blessed, you know, because anybody else would have died in that car accident. Mm. But knowing that he didn't, that God has other plans for him, knows that he cannot take this chance in vain. You you're here for a reason. Do not a lot of people don't come out of Dallas and be as successful as him and be as worldwide because he's known worldwide. Mm-hmm. Boxing is a worldwide sport. So this is intriguing in all aspects. And not only that, another extra bit of motivation for Spence, your return fight happens to be in Cowboy Stadium. Mm-hmm. Here in Dallas. In your hometown, your backyard, where there's fans being allowed. What more do you want? You know, it's on a silver platter. I expect him to perform. I expect him to to look great out there. Because if there's one thing that I've learned from Spence, he can do a lot. Mm-hmm. He can box. He He's known for his power. But in the Mikey Garcia fight, he showed a lot. Yeah, Mikey wasn't the best opponent when it, when you saw the fight. But he showed a lot. You can you can tell a lot from a fighter just by looking at him fight. Didn't matter if the guy didn't throw as much, but you can see the different improvements that he added to his game. And Danny Garcia is not the most accurate puncher in the world. He swings to me like a helicopter sometimes. And I just think Spence would be too much for Danny Garcia. Even though I do believe he'll be competitive because Danny's always there. He has heart, chin, as hard as whatever, the hardest thing you can think of, his chin is made out of that because he, he can take a punch. He hasn't been knocked out? No. And so he, he has a chin. He has a good chin. So I expect it to be very competitive. I'm still taking Errol Spence Jr. for the win. I believe he'll retain his titles and continue with his career moving forward. And adding another top welterweight to the to the list of his of his um, accomplishments because he's already beaten Sean Porter, he beat um, what was his name? Uh, oh man, I forgot that guy's name. This is gonna kill me. Um, uh, damn, I forgot. Uh, Lamont Peterson, Lamont Peterson. Which was at, at that one was kind of like at, at the back of Lamont's. Uh, that was uh, January 2018. Yeah, that was at the back end of Lamont uh, Peterson's career, and Lamont Peterson fought Danny Garcia, and that one was a close fight. And you can argue Lamont Peterson beat Danny Garcia in that fight. So they have common opponents, um, and uh, so there it's it's a good fight. It's 100 percent a good fight. I'm loving this fight. I'm not sleeping on Danny. Because I know Danny has heart, and Danny can, can on his best day, he can give anybody problems. But I'm still taking Errol Spence Jr., knowing that he's at home, coming back from a big, big layoff. A life-changing layoff. Mm-hmm. I think 
I think he's ready. I, think I hope he's so. Prepared. I hope so. I really do. I'm rooting for him because, like I said, miracles don't happen twice. And I believe him surviving that car crash, you can label it as a miracle because that car crash looked crazy. Very crazy. Things could have easily gone differently. But the fact that we're here speaking about him fighting again after seeing the video like that, that's a blessing. And those you got to cherish because he is blessed. But we're about to find out if he's the truth or not. If he still is the truth, excuse me. But December 5th, Fox pay-per-view, Errol Spence, Danny Garcia. Man, you're in for a treat. Should I'm, be a good I'll, one. I'll for sure be watching that one for sure. I wanted to go watch it, but uh, now with the COVID cases going up and... You'll take your chances at I'm, home. I'm going to pay so much money just to go get COVID. I'd rather stay home. And get it for free, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's uh, definitely going to be a good fight. Now, let me, I got two more topics on, on boxing real quick. Jacobs Rosado. A lot of people didn't watch it, like I said in the in the previous podcast. This is for the diehards. This is kind of like if you saw the beef leading up to this fight, it made sense coming after the pandemic for Danny Jacobs. He's trying to get a big fight, big name opponent, and he's trying to get this tune-up fight. So he chose to get Rosado, which he already had previous beef with. So this whole fight made sense, right? And there's video of of their altercation or their or their back and forth in in the back when when Jacobs fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Um, I would believe it was last year. And uh, so this fight made sense. And this happened this weekend. Me, I hate when people downplay or they try to act like like a certain fighter is just going to beat the other fighter like that. Like you do understand that this other guy also is also preparing, is mm-hmm. also having a training camp just as much as you are. And if he's the underdog, he has nothing to lose. And like Rocky Balboa said, that's a dangerous man when you got nothing to lose. So Rosado is going in there feeling like if I win, this is the biggest fight of my career. Like this is the biggest win. Not only did I beat this guy, I showed him that I could beat him. And now you could have easily not ruined his career, but hurt his career. Because Rosado is known as a gatekeeper. And for those who don't know what that is, you're a guy that is just in the way or that they put they put in there in the ring with somebody who's coming up. Yeah. And they want him to look good for his next fight or this big championship fight or whatever. But when I'm looking at this fight, it was very close. Mm, Easily could have been a draw. I, I thought it was going to end up early. I thought it was going to be a knockout because... Ja- Jacobs, Jacobs, yeah, Jacobs is pretty good. But I had. But then when I seen what Rosado had done <laughs> with uh, Triple G, I was like, well, he could take, you know, he could take a beating. I mean, he didn't stop that fight. Yeah, he has heart. That fight got stopped. Yeah, he was bloody and all, and yeah, yeah. he he kept fighting. I mean, they threw in the towel, but he was still in there. Yeah, he he, he remind well in that fight he reminded me a little bit about El Cucuy. Well, he just—he's sometimes he, too tough, stubborn, yeah. his own good. He was in there. I mean, he knew he should have been now, but he—I mean, if he was able to fight, he was going to keep fighting. Yeah, and that's the Rosado way. You know, Rosado won't stop. He won't if he—if he can walk and throw punches, he'll—he'll st- he'll walk yeah. and throw punches. 
and Jacobs is is more decorated than than Rosado. So when I'm watching this fight, I'm assuming okay, I'm uh, I just want to see Rosado make make him work for this victory if he so happens to win. But the fights go on, the rounds go on, and I'm just like, man, Rosado is actually like lasting. His yeah. his stamina is up there. His jab is looking great. He's bothering Jacobs with that jab, and he's looking like he could maybe pull it off. You know, as the as the rounds go on, eventually Jacobs. For me, I think it came down to the 12th round. I think Jacobs took that round. and But when it came to the decision, the announcer says the winner by split decision from Philly. Get Rosados from Philly. And I, we lose it. We're, we're watching it at my girl's uh, sister's house, and we lose our shit. And I'm just like, holy shit, I can't believe I called this. That Gabe Rosado beat Daniel Jacobs. That's upset. If I would have put my money on Vegas, I would have hit. But then, since we're so loud, we don't hear when they change it. When he says, Philly, I mean Brooklyn, New York. And it's just like, that's like the ultimate. You remember uh, Steve Harvey when he went viral? When he oh, said yeah, yeah, Miss yeah. America and he yeah, yeah. said somebody completely different? He said the wrong name. It was like that. And I'm just like, bro, you don't, you can only imagine the the emotions going on in there when you feel like you did it, like you're, you're you, everything you've said, all you trained, everything you've sacrificed pays off, and you win a fight that you're not supposed to win, mm-hmm. and they change it and they pull the rug from you like that in a matter of seconds, and you're in disbelief, just like everybody else that was watching the fight. We're all in disbelief and can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Honestly, it could have easily been a draw. Easily because Daniel Jacobs didn't look good in that fight. And that's crazy because everything he was calling Gay Rosado, he's becoming that. You called him a gatekeeper. You called him all kinds of sort of things. But yet you looked the same way you're describing him. So when you move up and you do fight a Billy Joe Saunders or you fight a, a rematch, let's just say, with Canelo Alvarez or you get... Um, who, Benavidez, Caleb Plant, or any of these super middleweight fighters, uh, maybe even Callum Smith after the Canelo fight, you're going to be that guy. You're going to turn into the gay Rosado of the super middleweight division. Unfortunately uh, speaking, and it's unfortunate for me to say it, but just the way you've gone these past couple of fights, slowly but surely you're becoming that. And and I like Danny Jacobs, but that's the truth of the matter. That's what it is, and that's just me speaking. What I see through my eyes, uh, you can easily say I don't know boxing, but that's just what I see, you know. And and if it's what I see, I'll, I'm gonna say it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate, but Danny Jacobs did get the win, did get the victory. Yeah, but it was a pretty even uh, fight. Throughout. It's pretty close. I, I saw the se- I didn't. I didn't watch the whole fight. I saw the second half because mm-hmm. um, I didn't. I didn't think it was gonna last. So I was like, "All right, then." You know, I'm not gonna rush to it. I, I'll watch it later. I'll watch the highlights later. Yeah. But I turned it on. It was still on. I was like, "Okay." Surprisingly, it's still on. Yeah. Right? So, and uh, yeah, I saw the second half, and it was pretty evenly matched. Yeah, it was, and and I and I kind of hoped it would be, just because of how people Beef. were just disregarding Rosado like if he don't have no heart like if he's just a guinea pig out there no this dude can box and this dude can fight this dude is tough uh it doesn't stop put some respect on his name because everybody that gets in that ring 
goes in there with the intent of winning. Now, if that doesn't happen and it doesn't go that way, that's something completely different. But everybody goes with the mindset of, I'm winning this fight. Yeah. Because they sacrifice a lot. I definitely saw his heart whenever he fought Triple G. Yeah, yeah. Because so, that's, I mean, fighting a man like that, you take a lot of punishment. Not only that, but you fought Triple G in his prime. Yeah. In his very prime, where he was destroying everything that walked through Earth. Um, but, I mean, uh, kudos to, to Danny Jacobs, you know, another fight. Uh, I know it's got to be tough fighting without fans, even though a lot of people have done it now. It seems like the new norm. But he gets another victory. Maybe gets a big opponent coming up soon. Maybe get that highly anticipated fight with uh, Jamal Charlo. Maybe. You know, they've had their beefs before too. But it, it mm. just never came into fruition. That's a different opponent. Yeah, that is different. And and he can definitely make that fight happen if he so happens to bring it up. But maybe it might be uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Just maybe. Billy Joe Saunders, I believe, fights this week, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, kudos to Danny Jacobs for a uh, tough and close, very, very, very close fight. Last thing on boxing. Anybody who knows combat sports knows it's very tough to get your name out there. Very tough to uh, get recognition from, from your fellow peers. As bad as I hate to say this, and for people to be like, you know what? You're not being a hater, but you're just speaking how you feel. As a woman, it's very hard to... He fights on Friday. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Friday? You. Yeah, Billy December 4th? Yeah, the 4th. Yeah, okay. yeah, I knew it was the 4th, but I didn't know if Saturday or Sunday. Marty or Murray. Friday. Uh, I'll be watching that for sure. But... uh for a woman to be get a big name in the sport of boxing, unless you're a truly diehard or you're a reporter, analyst, insider, it's very hard for the casual fan to pick up on who you are. Um, you could be undisputed. You could be undefeated, and it wouldn't even matter if you if you're not if you don't sell. And I don't think women's boxing has sold in a long time. Not even Layla Ali has sold, or ha- she has the name, but you more so know her as Muhammad Ali's daughter. You know what I mean? Like there's so there's that name that's very powerful, like Curry. You know Steph Curry, mm. but you also know Seth Curry, which is his brother. And I think at this point, Seth Curry has separated himself to knowing he's known as Seth Curry, mm-hmm. not Steph Curry's brother. You got to come to that point where you got to separate yourself and make your own name. Um, and that's what I feel Layla Ali was. She was more known for her last name than for her actual accomplishments, if if I'm making any sense here. Um, and the fact that in, in Clarissa Shields, when I'm speaking of Clarissa Shields, you're speaking of the, the quote. That's what she calls herself, the greatest woman of all time. Um she was it to the point where she's calling out Layla Ali. Layla Ali is pretty up there in age. And the fact that you have to go calling out and try to bring a legend out just for, to, for you to build something that you've happened to been dominating this whole time. But yet nobody's looking at you. Nobody's recognizing your accomplishments. Nobody's putting your name out there with 
pretty much the best. And she's so young. Can, can you look at her, her actual she's age? 25 years old. 25? Okay, I didn't, I didn't want to say her incorrect age if she's happened to, I don't know her birth date, but if she happened to celebrate her birthday this past, I don't want to say. 95. Uh, March 17. 25 years old, and she's been undisputed. She's undefeated. But yet, she nobody knows who she is. Only her fans, her true fans, uh, if not colleagues, uh, fellow boxers. Well, boxing hasn't been what it used to be. But not boxing, the- boxing. But then also women's boxing. But look what you just said. You said boxing. Boxing, boxing hasn't been what it's been. I mean, you know Canelo. Yeah. You know Triple G. You know Errol Spence. You know Danny you know Garcia. The big names. You know the big names, but a lot of the people that are up and coming or don't have big promoters, you don't know. Now, what does that say for women's boxing? It's kind of like even worse. It's kind of like WNBA. That's pretty much what it is. Even though I believe WNBA players get more love than actual women boxers, as 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 bad as that sounds. So, what does Clarissa Shields believe? I she knows this. She feels this. What does she do? She takes it in her mind to to think about it, and and she says, you know what. I believe I'm not getting the credit I deserve here. I am not treated as one of the best athletes, let alone boxer. The best, one of the best athletes in my, you can say, generation. What am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and cry and just say how boxing doesn't acknowledge women's boxing um, and we're just overlooked and, and we're stepped on, all of that. She said, I'm going to take my talents to the M- to MMA. Where? Let's transition from women's boxing to MMA. We spoke about this before. You know Ronda Rousey, and she's been retired for a long time. Uh-huh. You know Amanda Nunes. You know uh, um, uh, Holly Holm. Uh-huh. You know... Uh, Thug Rose. Yeah. You know all these women. All these women are out there uh, fighting. And uh, Zhang Wei Li. Zhang Wei Li. She is a monster when it when it comes to... And she is recognized. She is praised not only by her peers, by the sport, by the man who runs the company in UFC, Dana White. will tell you, she is a beast. And that's what she feels like she deserves, you know. I've accomplished so much in my own sport, but yet I don't get half or not even or even less than half of the praise that they give their women athletes in that sport. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go over there. Holly Holm did it. She was a professional boxer. Does it mean it can it couldn't be done? Is she crazy for doing that? No. She's not crazy because one, like I said, she's young. She can develop her skill. If Randy, Gr- not Randy Gregory, what's his name from the Cowboys? Went to uh, went to MMA. Uh, I think it was Randy. Gregory. No, it's not Randy Gregory. It's uh, oh man, I forgot his name. Um, but uh, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. Yeah, Greg Hardy. If Greg Hardy can do it, coming off the football field, she can do it. She has an actual fighting background. So she signed a deal with PFL. That's kind of like um, when it comes to MMA. There's a lot of different companies. There's PFL. There's Strikeforce. There's uh, there's a uh, Bellator. 
There's all kinds of companies when it comes to MMA. Uh, they, they, a lot of people didn't like the fact that she went to PFL. Like, why Why did you go to PFL? Were you not good enough to sign to UFC? Fuck no. You're barely starting. Like, give her some give her some time, you know. Yeah. You got to take baby steps around here. Let alone, she's still going to be competing in boxing. Yeah. Like, but she's also going to be training MMA, which is great, you know. Uh, and I 100% believe she will have more praise for actually transitioning from boxing to MMA then stay in and boxing and just continuing to not get the respect that she deserves. By her transitioning to MMA, she will be able to increase her arsenal, be talked about a whole lot more, especially if she ends up being really good. You know, really good. I know she's a good boxer. And just for her to get some jujitsu, some wrestling, um, all that training in, it's uh, it's kind of like a a goal, and it's kind of like an addiction. Like you, you you're you're addicted to greatness. You just want to be better and better and better and better. And that's the best drug you can get because you're you're constantly motivated because you're going into a new sport. And by you going into a new sport, you you pick up on a whole lot of diff- uh, a whole different genre of of um of attributes that you can improve on Mm -hmm. but you learn in every fight and not only that as you're learning you're getting praise you're getting uh coached and because i don't know there's a lot of boxers that train together but there's also a lot of mma fighters that train together you know you can go to some of the best gyms and and get trained so the interesting thing here is that clarissa shields is slowly taking her her career into her own hands first and foremost that is that that is uh that is needed of praise in and of itself the fact that you're taking your career in your own hands and you say you know what i'm going from here and i'm going here but i'm going to elevate myself higher by making this business decision and i praise her i salute her for that because i i'll be the one first to tell you I did not like Clarissa Shields as a boxer because she wasn't fighting any names. Like, yeah, she may have been fighting like ranked um, boxers, but I felt like she was missing something. Like, there's something that's got a pop that you say, "Damn, she's good." But you say that in MMA, you know, like when you go to MMA, there's high level contact, there's blood, like and and very very brutal sport and if you can win there you're 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 heavily praised so clarissa shields we salute you here at the we could be wrong podcast for making that jump and and taking your career into your own hands and i can't wait 2021 when i see she, i will be watching her first fight absolutely god willing i will be watching her fight because that's exciting Just watching her come up is exciting you know um uh, so that's already that's already gotten me talking about her, mm-hmm. you know. Before you weren't you weren't doing all that. When her upcoming fights were happening, we weren't doing that. But now her first MMA fight, yeah, yeah, we covering that for sure. And I hope and I, and I hope she has uh, a great career. Absolutely, I'm I'm just wishing her the best and greatness. And I'm excited. I'm I'm honestly very excited for her for her come up in yeah. 2021. It'd be good to see her in the UFC pretty soon. Yeah. 
and th- that's goals, you know. Goals will make you better. When you have goals, you're motivated. So we'll see 2021. We're, we're in tune, hopefully, for a good year. All right, bro, last topic. So we, we get up out of here. Something you might enjoy, bro. I know mm. you might. You, mm. I, know, I know you saw this, and you kind of had a little smirk when you saw this. I've been, I've been like working on all, all the little things that I'm gonna say right now, like all the phrases, and uh, let's let the people understand what we're talking about here. So, um, goat versus goat. The NBA Christmas schedule was released. And we've had discussed this before, mm-hmm. so didn't we say we, we did, were on the money? Didn't we kind of predict this? We were on the money. We said, well, yeah, we said uh, that the that the Mavericks were going to get a Christmas game this year. <clears throat> when you play on Christmas, it's like uh, it's like getting a bowl game in college football. For those who watch college football, it's like there's not a lot to watch. Uh, on on Christmas, but like movies, and you're opening gifts, you're having Christmas dinner, but there's nothing like that game that's on that you're just like in front of your TV with your family and you're enjoying a good game, a good competitive game at that. So the the, the NBA likes to do things like uh like pair up um champion versus champion. Like, for the past couple of years, especially when LeBron was in Cleveland and Golden State was going through their run, usually they were in the finals. Mm-hmm. And on Christmas, it never failed that it was the previ- the finals game all over again on Christmas Day. <clears throat> so what were we talking about? What would be the best rival for, for the Mavericks? And we came to a conclusion that it could have been the Houston Rockets for supremacy in Texas. So... Right now they had Russell Westbrook. They have Russell Westbrook. They have James Harden, and and they're a playoff team. So I believe that would have been competitive. I think that would have been a good game because you also want to spread the competition through the day. You don't want to just make one game the the just the the game. You want to be able to put like some decent games, you know, uh, through the day. So I assumed. That the Lakers were going to face Miami because that was the final of last year. Uh, but this past year, I believe it was the Lakers versus the Clippers because there was so much hype behind that game. Kawhi going to LA and not going, I mean, going to the Clippers and not going with the Lakers that built a big rivalry in the media and, and they ran with it. They ran with that and they gave Golden State Houston. So you got to see Golden State versus Houston, and you got to see the, both LA teams battle for supremacy in LA, which is kind of what we were talking about of supremacy in Texas. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. So I get a text last night, and I see it. I see it pretty late because I'm I'm out doing things, and and, and I get a text, and I see the schedule. First thing I'm looking for is was it the one that I sent you? Yeah, mm. and and I you looked, already saw my face whenever you saw that, and I saw Mavericks versus the Lakers. I said, what the. F- fuck is going on here oh, well, i mean man everybody, ev- okay this changes everything everybody recognizes it except you recognizes what the greatness of luka Doncic. okay <clears throat> look bro 
Anybody that's listening out there can go to the previous episodes and you can tell 100% I am not a hater. I'm not a hater. I just speak what I see. Mm-hmm. And and you know what I see. And you know the things that I expect him to improve on, which I will be looking for this year. And uh, and what we, what we expect from that game. Like I said, I put it on Twitter yesterday. Luka Doncic is 1-7 against the Lakers. He's only beaten the Lakers once in his two-year career, going on his third year. Um, so we're going to see if he continue if that starstruck uh, phase tends to fade away as he t- keeps playing LeBron. But I just don't believe this was the best game to make. You know why would you compare? Why would you put the Mavericks against? the Lakers that would have never happened before so why do it now I mean I get there's Luca Luca's there and he's become uh I guess a worldwide phenomenon um but you'll you'll definitely get a game I'll I'll give you that you'll probably get a game but I I call it I'm gonna call it right now I know you will it's gonna be the Mavs they're gonna win that game I know Uh, unfortunately I don't. I'm, I don't believe that. We could put money on it. We will as it gets closer, as the season starts. Let's it'll see be, who's healthy. It'll be a nice Christmas gift. Yeah, uh, I don't believe they will win. Why? Because they got rid of one of their best shooters in Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. And if you notice the time that we were supposed, to, matter of fact, it was the first game of twenty of this past season. We were supposed to beat them, and it was going to be a final. Uh, it would have been a block by Seth Curry, but he got held by Dwight Howard, and. Um, and Danny Green shot that three-pointer, and, and we ended up going to overtime and losing the game. And when you get rid of one of your best shooters, which you need, you need good shooting when it comes to Luka, when he's terrible from the three-point line, um, you need somebody to hit open looks for. Now you're stuck with Luka shooting three-point, three-pointers and driving the ball in, and can't make free throws. So this guy was a very good free throw shooter and a very good three-point shooter. So that's kind of where I'm like, uh, I don't know. Season starts December 22nd. The game is December 25th. That's just a three-day three, game, three sp- game span. Just a preseason, though. I mean, a three-game. Uh, three-day. A three-day, excuse me. A three-day uh, span from... December 22nd, which is opening day, and the 25th, which is Christmas Day. Two days away. And we were with the news. We already knew this because I brought this up in the last podcast that Porzingis will be missing his first couple of games. So and he'll be out a, a so, whole month. So now you're also without your best big man. Sorry. You don't have a big man. We got Boban. You don't have a three-point shooter. I give you this. We do. I say we because I am a Mavericks fan. Hmm, uh, Jalen Brunson. I question that sometimes. We get Jalen Brunson. Can I ask you a question? That just offended me. Did you watch Luka Doncic get drafted? Negative. So I never watched the draft. So do not Who give watches me no the, shit. I don't watch the draft, bro. I did. Well, and I saw him get drafted. Yeah. I saw him get drafted. And I saw, I, I thought I was watch, getting, you, I thought I was getting watch, what I believed. You watch every draft, so it's not fair. I thought I was getting what I believed. 
I was supposed to get, but this is not what I got, you know? To me, like I said before. It's kind of like ordering a pizza and then you get it and it's the wrong kind that you I'm get. completely happy with everything that I mean, you'll eat it, Luca Dungeons has done so far. And I believe it's only going to get better. You know what? Uh, I wish Porzingis could stay healthy. You, do, you, do you find Damian Lillard entertaining? Dame Dollar? Dame time. No. Do you find him entertaining? Okay, let me let me let me give you a, a different a different guy. Yeah. Do you find James Harden entertaining? Yeah. Do you find um, who else can I put in the picture? Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo entertaining. Yeah. You know what they all have in common? Is that they've never won a championship, bro. And your guy, you know, you just made a prediction, right? You said I'm predicting it right now. That that the Mavericks are gonna win, okay? I'm gonna make a prediction. Did, didn't we? Didn't we make a bet that they will win a championship with Luka Doncic in the next five years? And what did I say? You said no. Okay, but you said I'm gonna make a prediction. I, can I make a prediction of my own? Go ahead. Okay, I just finished saying that what they had in common is that they've never won a championship. Giannis, Dame, Dollar, Damian Lillard, uh, and James Harden. They've mm-hmm. never won a championship. Luka Doncic is going towards that way. At least with Dallas Mavericks. My prediction is this. <clears throat> Luka Doncic will not win a championship for the Dallas Mavericks. So you Mavs fans out there that are assuming, praying, hyping this dude. Thinking he's going to take it to the promised line. He will not. If they win a championship, you better not buy his jersey. I will never buy his jersey, first of all. And, and then, I will tell you this. This is my prediction. He will get frustrated because we've seen what he does when he gets frustrated over here, turning into Hulkamania. He will get frustrated at the fact that he cannot win a championship that LeBron will retire and he will take his talents to the Lakers. And he will end up maybe winning a title in L.A., but not for the Mavericks. That is my prediction. He will leave the Dallas Mavericks and join the Lakers. That is my that is my honest opinion. And he will leave Dallas with zero do you think LeBron? You think LeBron finishes off? He just got that two-year deal, right? Two-year extension. Yeah, eighty-five million. So when does that end? Uh, I think he 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 was supposed to be a free agent next summer, so that means he'll be there for two more years after that. So three total. So three total. He wants to play with his son. He wants mm-hmm. to play with his son at least one year. And if you know, LeBron is like at that back half of his career already, so he will probably squeeze that last year in there. Just so he can get some game time with his son. He'll probably be a role player at the time, maybe. Unless he's just a freak of nature, which I believe he is. And still be, be a starter. I think he he, I, I think he could still be a starter in the next four years. Four or five. To be honest, four or five years not as productive yeah. as he is now. But he's still pretty good. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that last year is a player option. Which means he can decide whether to stay or leave. And wherever his son ends up getting drafted, he'll go there. He'll go there. And take the the minimum. You don't think he'll want to play against his son? No, no. He cannot. He's not going to last that long in the league to be able to compete against his son. He just said, and he said it himself. I want to play at least one year with my son. I do not believe that's ever happened in the NBA. So he's going to be another. That's to be another record breaking uh, thing, an accomplishment for LeBron James. Um, so yeah, that was my prediction, bro. Zero championships. And he'll take his chance to the Lakers. But as far as this goes, Lakers, Mavs, I like it. I don't love it. 
but I'll be entertained and I'll definitely be watching for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, matter of fact, follow the the We Could Be Wrong podcast Twitter page on that one. I'll definitely be tweeting for that one. And uh, expect uh, the Twitter to be active, but Luca won't be active come that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you know we'll what? See. We'll you see. Know, I you mean, know. he's been on for a while, man. I'm pretty sure he's been able to get Here come with the in. excuses already. you making predictions early, but you're also making I'm not saying excuses. Early. I'm saying he's going to come with a different game. You know, he's been. You haven't seen him play in a while. You well, don't know what he, what he, what he's gonna bring, man. Hey, that Santa just, might bring some extra gifts for you this Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't believe in Santa. Just wait. So, uh, Be patient. That's just my opinion, bro. You may agree, you may not agree, but that's the whole point of this podcast. This is the We Could Be Wrong podcast. We'll see you soon. Take it easy, man. One love.